Hey guys, you're listening to the Couplings Fire Podcast. Here's a couple of things you might need to know or maybe you just forgot. I'm Chris. And I'm Taylor. We are married. And we're both firefighters. Join us as we talk anything and everything fire related. We don't claim to be experts. We're just two people who love to talk fire. And everything we say are our own opinions. Our goal is to inspire anyone listening to take the steps to better their department, however they can. Let's get on the episode. I wonder, is Dave ever going to post that second no. hot seat? No. You didn't like it, huh? Uh, well, you didn't listen to his uh, interview with Firehouse Vigilance. Um, he, he mentioned in there how he's not going to post it. He cussed way too much, and he'd have to bloop out, like, ever. And I, I remember it. He did it a lot. And so they would definitely be cutting, or, like, bleeping out a lot of it. It just wasn't worth to keep it in. So <laughs> I, I see it. Sucks, because it was hilarious. That and was I, was, I was so happy to be there to witness it in person. That was awesome. A lot of good memories there. Yeah. That's what I'm looking forward to the older I get. And the longer I'm in the fire service is being able to have those stories like that. <laughs> like looking back, like you should have been here. It was hilarious. Right. Well, it seems like everybody else has those stories yeah, right now. Everybody and like... has those stories. And I'm like, I, I don't have any of those stories. Like we had, we had a good fire. <laughs> yeah. Nothing good or not nothing good, but. Nothing funny came about it, you know? Or, like, those stories that people do have. Like, I missed it by, like, ten minutes. Yeah. Like, one of our guys getting glass all the way down his gear. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's not even so much that that I missed. It's the fact that I missed him putting the halligan through a glass door and going halfway through the door himself. Everyone that you hear, like, on the podcast and, like, like especially getting salty, like... There are all these stories that build up, and they just remember them and like can tell you exactly what happened and what was burning. And I hope someday I'm like that, where I can just rant off on stories and laugh and have a good time and make other people laugh. <laughs> I hope that's the way my career goes one of these days. Yeah. Because, yeah, everybody has stories except for me, I feel like. And even you have stories, like Mark Van Appen telling him his... He's got crap for classes. It's not even a good story. It's like a Oh, that's a hilarious story. It's a hilarious story, but it's not a hilarious story against anybody else or anything. It's like bull well, and I'm I'm usually the butt of the joke. But you know, it's just ah Well yeah, that's what makes it funny though. It's like you were so hyped up and so amped up about meeting him that you told him you love his crap and he's just like, Oh, I'm glad I got crap. Yeah. Or, I don't even remember what he said. <laughs> I remember you calling me about it. It was super funny. Yeah. Like, even you have those little stories. And they may not be anything huge, but there's funny little stories. That you're like, I met this person and I really screwed up. <laughs> but it'll never be forgotten. Yeah. That's the it's kind of like Dragon Slayer. will never be forgotten. Yeah, someday we'll get Dave on here to tell that story. I cannot tell it as good as he does. Dave tells it really well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just fun to listen to all those guys. Yeah. Like, whether it's in person and I'm definitely like talking to people in person. Yeah, there's something different about in in person connection versus over the internet. So like, uh, yeah, one of the guys we're trying to have on the podcast next for like actually have an actual guest, yeah. an actual guest would be awesome. But you know, trying to work out time to meet him in person is a nightmare. It seems like. Well, especially when we live in the middle of nowhere, and then he also lives in the middle of nowhere, just yeah. farther west. Well, he lives. <laughs> He lives more in an area. It's just yeah. on the other side of the state. Yeah. 
So, and doing things over Zoom. And I know you're you're good with, like, Clubhouse and stuff like that. But, like, it's just not my world. Like, I'm... It's different. It's definitely different. I'm so much more of a just get together and have a talk in person. And I don't know. Well, it's I... hard for me to do Zoom and Clubhouse and stuff like that. Yeah, I went to a, a neighboring school not long ago, last week. Because um, they called me up to, like, come in there to talk to one of their students about you know, being a photographer full-time and to kind of just go over my job and the actual realities of it, that it's not all, like, taking pictures 24-7. That's only, like, a small part of it. And she was floored by it, you know, only being, like, 10 to 15% of my job is actually taking pictures, yeah. you know. But the the teacher, um, you know, said we could do it over Zoom or phone call or whatever we needed to. But I told her, it's like, well, I, I value in-person interaction and especially for what this girl wants to know and stuff like that and then the fact that you know looking to me as a professional in this field you know giving her advice it's going to be so much easier and make more of an impact in person than over zoom yeah it's a personal yeah like you said in person it just gives so so much more of an impact and so much more interaction there yeah i mean it was a little bit of a drive for me about half an hour <clears> but like it could have been worse you know, and that way she still got that in-person interaction. Yeah, I don't know. There's just something different about it that, in my opinion, is a lot nicer, I guess. Yeah. It seems like I, I get a lot more from it anyway. So. Mm -hmm. But I think that's why a lot of firefighters don't like having online classes and stuff, too. Yeah, because even if they get the same class as they would in a classroom in person, it, it feels different in person than online. Yeah. And when I oh. took that class with uh, Brian Soller... Uh, from Professional Brotherhood, it felt like an in-person class. They were great at teaching it, first of all. Yeah. They're very relaxed in their way of teaching it. They weren't like the normal, what everyone would think of as typical online learning, right? Yeah. They weren't monotone. Like, they were very good at their job, but he also has a podcast, so, you know, that helps. Yeah, that does help. Um, but, it, but we were able to interact and interject. Or, you know, give our opinions and stuff like that over Zoom. Whereas if you did it to a larger class over Zoom, you probably couldn't do that as much. Because we only had about maybe five to ten people watching this. Yeah. You know, so it felt more like an in-person class. It was really nice. Was that on Zoom or was that on Clubhouse? I was on Zoom. I was on Zoom. So we could see each other and everything. I've heard a lot of, a lot of firefighters using clubhouse right now a lot of a lot of them really like it yeah i love it i think i've talked about it a little bit on here before but yeah, i, I love so. clubhouse i never tend to make it for some of the ones i want to be on we're too busy yeah. <laughs> so that kind of sucks um and sometimes it's hard because people don't always specify what time zone yeah, <laughs> they're doing things true. in so and then i found a couple times um with it some I'm not able to find some of the chats, which is really weird. Like, so one of the chats a couple weeks ago was on, I can't I can't remember who was doing it, um, but someone had it, and I should have been able to see it because I was in that group or whatever, following that that thing. But the whole conversation came and went. It was all about social media for the fire service, and I'm like, dude. And it was all about, like, marketing your department, stuff like that. Like, I'm in, like, stuff I'm into. And I'm like, oh, I cannot wait for this. I want to get on this conversation. So excited for it. And I I tried to search for it. I tried to refresh everything. I did everything I could. I just assumed maybe the time was off or something like that, you know, because maybe they're running on East Coast and I'm on Central and, like, it's an hour later than what it should be. And then I'm, 
a little while later, I post all, I see all these people post about how great it was. And I'm like, well, that sucks because yeah, I couldn't find it. They don't have like a, like a room limit or something like that, do they? I don't think so. I don't know. That was right up my alley, too. And I'm yeah. like, oh, come on. <laughs> That'd be a good one. So, since I missed that. <laughs> yeah. This kind of makes up for it for this podcast. There you this go. episode. I was say, that, that leads exactly into what we're wanting to talk about tonight. And I didn't even do that on purpose at all. It just came up. <laughs> well, you never told me you missed that. Yeah. Yeah, that is like super like right up your alley. And oh, I was so excited. It does stink. Yeah. And there's one of the clubhouse things that I could, because I actually encourage anyone who's a member of this whatever group or whatever on the clubhouse to start your own conversations. Yeah. So I could start one if I wanted to. I, it's just, I don't think I'm ready for that yet. <laughs> yeah. It's a well, little intimidating. It seems like a lot of the, those people on there like have like a class or something. I don't either know. Either class or podcasts or something. Or a lot of the people who start the conversations are either... Well, like I said, either class or podcast or something that they're they're very well well versed in, in it. Exactly. Yeah. So it's nothing for them to start that. Whereas, yeah, we're on episode what I think twenty now or something ish. Yeah. I'm still not that far in, so it's gonna take me a little bit more to get more confidence built up. Yeah. Well, but, we might know what we're talking about, but how do you? I guess from an instructor's perspective, you have like research and all this stuff behind you, where ours is just simply. This is our experience. Well, yeah, but... Uh, I think there's a little bit of difference there. There is a difference there. But it's not just stuff from my experience. So I've done a lot of... Not necessarily research research, but I do a lot of learning on this. Yeah. And I've... And it's a lot of stuff that I've heard and I've been able to bring over into how we talk with our public from the fire department side. Has come a lot from business side or other fire departments or things like that. And every time I move something over into the fire department world to what I'm doing, it works. Yeah. You know, so. So I guess. What's the difference? Just the lack of experience on the teaching side of it. Yeah. I don't think I have a lack of experience in doing it. Yeah. And you have the knowledge and you can do it. But just being able to teach people and relay that information in the right way. Exactly. Makes it hard to start your own conversations or not early conversations, but like start a class or whatever. Yeah, it's like I haven't been doing this for 20 or 30 years, you know? Like, <laughs> well, most of those guys have practiced teaching people. Yeah. Where we, we haven't practiced teaching people, we ramble to other people because we don't know how to <laughs> teach it right. That's a good way to put it. We do ramble <laughs> to other people, whoever happens to be listening yep. to this. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hello. Uh, if you happen to be listening to us, send us a message either on Facebook. Wow. If you Facebook. have Facebook or Instagram or over on our email, it's all Couplings Fire Podcast. So Couplings Fire Podcast at Gmail, Couplings Fire Podcast on Facebook, and Couplings Fire Podcast on Instagram. Send us a message because I want to say hi. I like seeing people's faces or actually yeah. interacting with people. I mean, we get a chance to just kind of rant and kind of do our own thing while we're here, but it's nice to interact with people. It makes my day. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Okay. Well. So I don't know what to call this. So hopefully by the time this episode comes out, I actually have a name for it. Maybe we'll come up with one while we're going through it here. Possibly. So basically what we're going to be doing tonight is there can be a big disconnect between your department and the public. Not all the time, but there can be quite a bit. So we want to dig into 
um, how our previous department was kind of talking with the public and and different uh, different strategies that I used both from the firefighting world and from the business world into communicating with the public. Basically to either get points across or to um, show them that we're there for them or to get them to trust us or fire prevention, you know, just kind of basically just reaching out to the public and... Creating, you're, you're wanting to create a better relationship between the department and the community in yeah. almost every aspect. Yes. Through either communications or just putting the department itself in good light. Um, yeah, well, educating them, whatever. You're just, you want to build that relationship in a good way. Oh, yeah. So today on Instagram, this will be back like May 3rd or something like that, you guys. So, you know, a while ago. But if you, uh, I probably, it's on the stories. No, I did actually post it, post it. Yeah, you okay. It. So, yeah, so you guys can go back and look at it. Um, but basically, I shared a post that uh, FDNY put out. And they had this little girl, adorable, right? Basically being a spokes kid for their fire prevention activities and their coloring books and stuff like that, right? I just thought it was the best idea ever. It's so simple. And it's, a, it's an easy way for kids to get invested because it's a kid talking to them. Right? It's just it's, it's just one of those ideas that kind of got me fired up on this topic today, specifically. Um, so I, I put out a post on there, so I'll just kind of read it out for you guys on this. So, calling all volunteer fire departments, heck, not even volunteer, just any fire department. I said, check this out. This is how you get co- good community public relations. This is how you get the public to trust you. This is also how you start getting new and valuable members. The way you interact with the public is a big part of the foundation, whether your department thrives or just survives. You can take inspiration from the big guys at FDNY and mold it to fit your department and community. For instance, find a spokes kid for your fire prevention slash kid activities and share it out on Facebook. Keep the same kid or pick a new one every year in a contest. When the public sees you interacting with them in positive ways every day, not just on the worst days of their lives, That sticks in their head. They will comply better with you on the scene. They will want to vote for your pay raise or donate to your funds. They will want to be part of something that has impacted their child's lives. Anyways, so just kind of a quick rundown of that post. (laughs) So that's that's what got you going on this topic today. Tonight specifically, yeah. Tonight specifically. (laughs) I mean, you know, public relations is always kind of my thing. I, I, I really believe in it for the fire department, especially for the volunteer fire department, but for everyone out there. Um, I think it's something we don't do enough of. And I think if we were to change that and make it better on the public relations side, our department as a whole would get better just because of what we're doing there. I don't know how to explain that better. Like, we'll get into it, how it makes everything better in this year. But overall, you know, if, if we spend time working on our public relations, it, it does help our fire department overall. Yeah. And it, it does help the public able to understand us more, to help to help us help them. Yeah. This is something I probably would have argued with you about six years ago. Really? Oh, yeah. I Well, especially being like our last department, just being a very rural area and just being a tight-knit group of people that we are, and it's a pretty tight community here, why why do you need the public relations? Everyone already knows. Yeah, everyone knows who you are. Everyone knows who's on the fire department, blah, blah, blah. Right. And it's just it's like we don't need to waste the time doing that. It's, a use, it's useless. But 
over the last eight, nine years, I've seen it go from all right or what I thought was good to just awesome and tremendous and seeing the huge benefits from having that relationship, even through social media. Yeah. So it's a very important part of a fire department, yeah. especially nowadays. It is. It really is. I think a lot of people um, don't realize how big of a part it is, um, but it does take a lot of work. It does. It does take a lot of work to do, and it took a long time. Yeah, it, it's not something that happens overnight. It's something that's definitely taken, you know, three, four years to get it rolling. And yeah. then once you kind of get it rolling, it, it slowly just keeps building speed. Yeah, I think the first year or two, I was trying to figure things out. Then the last three or four years, it was push hard. Yeah, and you, you yeah. maintain it and then push a little bit more each year. Yeah. All right, um, let's jump into the first the first thing you got down here. Um, how how we speak to our public audience. So like Facebook, social media, which is part of Facebook. <laughs> Facebook, Facebook is, is part, part of social media. <laughs> uh, social media in general, just other ways to reach out to the public, things like that. So this might come out as an interview because in my world, she's the expert on this and I'll put in my input where I need it. But... <laughs> So, so in small, small towns, um, if you guys have been paying attention before, uh, we are a town of less than 2,000 people, where we're currently living at. <laughs> it's really hard, since we're in the middle of this moving process, to know how to, how to talk about everything. So anyway, so, you know what? We're still technically living here in town for the moment, so I'm going yeah. to talk at it like we're still here. <laughs> our town, our town, our old department. Yeah. For us, social media is a huge deal. Because that's one of the main ways we have to talk to people. So that's a big one. So Facebook is our number one, how we get the information out. We've trained the public how to look there. A lot of the people in town are on that. Works very easy. I talked before about doing Instagram with the department. We never did get into Instagram. I think it was just, it was too much put on my plate and I couldn't find somebody else to run it. Yeah. And I don't want to have the exact same posts go out on both Facebook and Instagram. Right. And right now I'm doing that with the, with our podcast page, doing the same things, but you also got to look at your audience, though, yeah. too. Like, um, from, Our, from what I understand, yeah. most most parents or, I guess, our generation older are on Facebook, and even a lot of our generations on Instagram, but, like, we're kind of getting in that, like, your older generations, the people you really want to talk to, at least in the small town, the parents, uh, the people you want to be informed about things. Yes. They're going to um, be on Facebook. They're going to be on Facebook. So Facebook is going to hit most people about maybe 25 to 30 years old and older. Right? But you're going to have a lot of a lot more interaction from people who are actually like 35 and older. That's going to be a lot of your interaction. So if your target's there, which for a fire department a lot of it is, that's going to be on Facebook mostly. You're still going to get outliers on every, on every oh, platform, yeah. but that's where it's mostly going to be. Well, a lot of what... A lot of what you used it for was to reach those parents and let them know what's going on. Yeah. And those those were the people we wanted to reach. Exactly. So. Um, now, on Instagram, it's going to be a lot more of, you're going to have some tweens and teens, but mostly you're going to get about, like, 16 to 18-year-olds all the way up to about 35. That's approximately the, the main age range that uses Instagram. Okay. You're going to, like I said, you're going to have some younger than that 16 to 18 range, but that's kind of where that is, right? And then on, you, you ask, well, where are the younger ages? Where are the actual real teens hanging out at? Some of them are on Instagram. Most of them are Snapchat and TikTok right now. Yeah. 
And honestly, I don't do Twitter and I haven't looked much into Twitter. So I can't tell you who's all on Twitter or where the age range lies. I'm sorry. <laughs> Something I never got into. I don't, I don't understand it. It just, I don't do little blurbs of my thoughts, which is what Twitter is. Basically, Twitter is you put a little bit of a thought out into the universe and it goes. <laughs> that's how Twitter basically works. You just, you, it's just like a one or two sentence thing and that's it. And then you do that throughout the day. That's, that's Twitter, basically. Interesting. <laughs> you can have big conversations, but it's mostly just little <laughs> spurts of information or whatever you want to say. All right. Um, whereas the other platforms, it's a lot easier to have conversations <laughs> with. So. All right. So, yeah. So, so yeah. Facebook is our number one because that's who we want to reach as a fire department, mostly. Um, now, if you're looking for a lot more recruitment, especially younger people, you might get some on Facebook, yes. But you might have a lot better luck with Instagram with yeah, recruitment. especially if you're looking for that. That younger generation yeah. coming up. Um, and then for us, again, really small town. Everybody reads the local newspaper. It only comes out once a week. <laughs> but everyone reads the local newspaper. So that's another big way that we can communicate with our public here. Especially with the older generation. When you have yeah. people that are 50 and above, they're going to be reading the newspaper every week on the dot. Yeah. It doesn't help us out so much on like need to know information right now like if we're you know if we were on a scene or something like that but you know a lot of thank yous go out there a lot of hey this is the big stuff we've been working on or whatever or this is what we need to raise money for things like that yeah that's the kind of things we put out in the paper most of the time yep um so those are our two big things we actually don't have anything else really we i wanted to do a website we really had never gotten into that um i do think it's a good idea for volunteer departments to do though have one place for people to go so I think a lot of departments rely on their Facebook page, which isn't bad. No, it's not it's, bad. It's some place to go. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily mean you need a website, but it is nice if you got one. You just need to you keep your resource. Facebook organized. Yeah. Because it's really tough when you go to a department page that is not organized. Yeah. <laughs> so is there like any other ways besides social media and a paper to talk to the public? Um, You can just make sure that you're out there doing public things um so if you do have community events or whatever that's another way good way to interact with the public you have to make sure you're actually talking to your public when you do that but otherwise i think those are the pretty main ways that you you do is facebook or social media in general uh for us a newspaper if you have a website news media sources of whatever so you could do radio talks or whatever or um if you guys if you have a a uh, tv station or something in town you know, you maybe you can put something up on there or once a month talk about something on there. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, the other thing is, like you said, you know, if you have an event going on in town or something like that or it doesn't have to be a big event. Maybe it's just, a, I don't know, like a flea marker or something. Yeah. And you can send the guys out in department shirts and just go talk to people. Yeah. It's, it's still a good way to interact with the public. Exactly. So... So the next thing on here, we're going to turn this into a little bit of businessy. So your citizens in your area, who you are serving is your quote unquote market. That's who you're targeting. That's who you're selling your product to. And your product in this case is your service of putting out fires, of helping them on the worst days, of medical calls, whatever it may be. That's your product that you're marketing to your clients, to your target market, which is your citizens. Then with your market, you have to remember, if you're also going to be using it as a recruiting tool, however you're talking to people, you're going to have two different target markets. There's going to be one target market for recruiting and one target market for asking for donations slash giving information to them. 
right, that you want them to know. So you're going to be talking to them differently, which is a big thing. So you're going to be creating either your posts or just the way you talk to recruits, new recruits that you want is going to be very different. So you just got to keep that in mind. Yeah, so um, kind of tying this into what we were talking about earlier with Facebook, the generation or the age range that Facebook reaches is generally going to be more of your your market as in just the people you serve. Yes. Where like recruiting and retention, that's going to be a different market because you're going to try to reach them like on Instagram or, or Snapchat or something. Yes, but you can do it on both. Right. Because yeah. I did. And it was tough, but you can do it. Yeah. You just have to make sure that you are, you are, um. But is that a, is that a good way of like distinguishing your market? Like how you're, so how basically, you analyze your okay, market, I so, guess? so how you figure out your market, that's a good one. There you go. Thank you for asking that. Right. So how you figure out your market is you take who you want to talk to. Okay. So Chris, you're looking for a recruit. What are you looking for in a recruit? What's your perfect firefighter that you want coming on to the department right now? Young. Okay. Um, you know, 21 to, I don't know, 35. Make it more specific. Think of an actual person. If you had to, if you had to actually make a person stand right in front of you, name everything about it. What age is he? Or she? Or she. Um, I would say probably, can I still give you an age range? Try to do one age. This makes it easier. Um, It seems harder, but it makes it easier. 24. Okay, so 24-year-old. So a little bit of life experience, but not too much. Right. Right? Okay, are they married? Yes. Do they have a kid? Sure, yes. Okay, this this is this, this is important, because if they have a kid, then you understand that they might not be as available as you want them to be. Yeah, but it also might mean that they're settled in and... They're not moving. I mean, they're not moving. Aha, they're, you're thinking. Okay, so they're <clears throat> married... They have a kid, one kid. Let's say 24, they probably have a one or two-year-old kid. Okay. Okay. Then uh, let's see, what kind of job do they have? Mm, For firefighting, I'd say some sort of like hands-on job, a mechanical job. Okay, yeah. And like I said, this is we're being uber specific, but this helps. Okay, so firefighting job. What's a couple hobbies that they like? Um, being outdoors. And, I don't know, helping the community, volunteering somehow. I don't know. Um, well, you're hoping they're going to do that by firefighting. Yeah. So, being outdoors. Being outdoors. I don't, I don't know. Okay. So, the more you put yourself into the brain of whoever you're envisioning, right? The more you're going to be able to think of what posts speak to them on Facebook, what they're going to look at. So, you're going to be tailoring everything you make to something that's going to catch their eye and speak to them. That person specifically, you think of that one person specifically. You have your age range for your market, yes, but you have your perfect quote unquote client, which is your, and for me, it's client just because I'm in the business world, right? But you have your perfect client, which is you're going to be your new recruit. So everything you do that's going to be based on new recruits is for this one person. And then hopefully, whatever you put out there, it probably won't get you this exact, exact person, right? But it's going to get you people who have similar qualities. Because it's gonna, it's still gonna grab their attention. Yeah, it's still gonna grab other people's attention, but it's gonna speak directly to that person. So if anyone's in that spot or anyone near that, it's gonna resonate with them so much more than just being a generic, "Hey, come help us." <laughs> but yeah, as I say, is is that better having that one specific person that you're looking for compared to 
shooting a shotgun where you get a huge age range. Yeah, but if you shoot a shotgun, you're going to get too many people who don't fit who will possibly fizzle out and not be worth it. Whereas if you focus in on one, you're probably going to grab 10 that are close to that. And they're, they're more likely to stick around because they're more what you're looking for. Exactly. That makes sense. It, 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 it's how it works in the business world. So you guys can look up more about um, finding your target market and your perfect client and stuff like that, right? Your ideal person for that. And it'll help you figure out how to do this. That's that's what you're doing. You are you're marketing your department to this person to want them to come and join you. Okay, so then you have a separate one for asking for donations slash giving information. So for this one, I'd say, let's, let's say a mother who is about 40 years old, has a couple of kids, too much too much to do on her hands, so many sporting events, you know. Say in this she time. loves wine. She loves watching cooking shows and um, trying to think of another or something else, right? You're going to focus and, like, really nail down her. And then especially when it comes to fire department, how much she wants to know when there is something happening in town that she can't go check out. You know, everyone, if there's a fire happening, everyone's like, what's going on over there? You know, things like that, right? And for her, she's like, I don't have time to do that, but I really want to know. So everything you post, everything you do is to help her, help her raise her kids to be safe. Help her in case she has a fire someday. Help her figure out what's going on in town, you know. And then if she comes across extra money, you've been helping her so much, she might give you donations, stuff like that. But you're going to pull at her heartstrings, specifically this one woman, when you're making these posts. You also want to look at what what market is available to you, too. Yes. Because if, if, like, you know, if... Like in our town, it's, it's mainly an elder generation or a retirement community. We are. So we're going to, yes, we still aim for, like you were saying, kind of the, the mm-hmm. mothers, the busy, the busy families that are involved in everything, but also we're going to tailor different posts to help hit that elderly part of our community too, right? Yeah. So just because you're making a post for a certain market doesn't mean you can't make another one to hit another part of that market. Yeah, just be careful how far you spread it out. And just because you're making one specifically for one person doesn't mean it's not going to resonate with every single person reading it. It just might not hit as close to home, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's still going to be good, and people are still going to like it. And it may hit a lot of people really good, but just because you're focusing in on one person doesn't mean it's not going to catch a lot out there. Um, if any of my previous posts have, you know, given any proof to that, you know, I, I make them for one specific person in my brain. And a lot of it is me before I knew anything about this stuff. That's true. You think about it from an outside perspective and what those people want too. Yeah. So, man, yeah. we're really zeroing in on this. I did not yeah. expect to go into this as much. Well, I think that <laughs> that explains your your market very well. Like you said, if you're if you're looking for recruiting, your market's going to be one thing. Yeah. And if you're looking just to you know say you're asking for donations or, um, yeah, trying, I don't know, trying to raise money for a specific thing you're going to tailor that to a different market compared to your recruitment and stuff. Yeah. And that's how you tailor your post to more be be productive for you. Yes. So. Yes. You want your post to be able to do a lot of the work for you because you're putting a lot of work into those posts. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you're putting out their good quality stuff, not a bunch of subpar posts. So I would be more happy with someone doing good posts once a week rather than just sharing a photo and putting nothing with it four times a week 
Yeah. So. For sure. So that kind of covers the market. And I'm sure there's more we could go into that. Oh, but. there's so much more. <laughs> and I, and I feel bad because I spent so much, so long on those first two points already. But man, there's just it, there's just a lot to it, and it can benefit you so much that yeah, you hate to cut it short. But um, the more you learn about business, the more this gets easier. Actually, yeah. and if you guys listen to this and you have questions on it, like I said, we can. Well, I can't say we. She can. <laughs> She can definitely go into it a lot deeper. Oh, yeah. Hit us up. I would up. love to. Hit us up. Uh, if you're in charge of that on your apartment, hit us up. Taylor would be more than happy to walk you through some of this stuff and help you out as much as you can. So, mm-hmm. And not every fire department's target market is going to be the same for everything. Right, yeah. I mean, it all depends on your community and what you're looking for. Your and, apartment yeah. set up and things like that. So Yeah. Um. Okay, so moving on. So you want to make sure that you're boosting your public perception in person um, as well as online. So we talk about a lot about doing online because that is a lot of how we talk to our public, especially yeah. within the COVID world. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Um, well, that's what we were saying in the first one. You know, you can you can speak to your audience by Facebook or social media. Yeah. You can do it in a newspaper, but you can also do it in person. Yeah. So for here, you're, you're going to want to be doing like parades, events, um, if you have any sort of meet and greets and stuff. And these, in my opinion, these are, like, in person. Well, just like we were talking about before the episode. Like, in person means so much more to me. It leaves such a lasting impression on me compared to doing things on Zoom. Oh, yeah. It's kind of funny. I just, you know, <laughs> about that. But, like, so, yeah, you can speak to a lot of people on social media, but don't leave out that in person because that leaves such a big impact on people. Oh, yeah. And if you are taking time out of your day to go talk to someone, um, after a parade or after a certain event or something like that, and you have your fire department shirt on or whatever, like that leaves an impression on people if you do it the right way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know we'll get into events at some point in another podcast and getting more into like different things we've done or whatever, um, or different ideas I have for, you know, future stuff. Right. But basically, you know, when we go to events and stuff, we'll set up at our local chamber of commerce has a bunch of events or just any little, any little vendor show or something like that, you know, you can set up the fire department table at and just yeah. talk with people. And when you do that, don't ask for donations. That yeah, is which... that is the biggest, one of the biggest takeaways for this point is don't ask for donations when you're out in public. Um, I mean, well, you do certain times, let's say. Okay, so just make, so let's, how let's do I explain this, this better? Um, so we do an event, the Elks started this event, the Touch a Truck. We started with them. Yeah. Okay. Um, which you know more about this than I do because you obviously were involved in planning it. But when we go to this event, obviously we bring out our trucks and ambulance and stuff and the kids can go through it. And it's a great time to interact with the public because the kids get to do something. They're involved. The parents get to kind of see what's going on and see mm-hmm. their kids having a good time. And we get to talk with the parents and the kids. Yeah. And we had the kids but, do little activities and things. And it's fun. Yeah, we had stuff for the kids to do. It was great. Um, that left a, a huge impression on a lot of parents. Mm-hmm. I heard about it for a while. After oh, that. yeah. But we, like you were saying, we didn't ask for donations that day yep. because we were out there just to create a public relationship. Exactly. And we did have, the first time we did it, we did have a few people come up and say, no, you guys just take the donation. And 
and we did, but mm -hmm. we didn't have a boot out there or a bowl, you know, for donations or anything. We weren't asking for anything that day. Yeah. And I think somebody else was asking, like, well, where we're taking donations. And um, it's, this was a different event, but I told them, like, I, you know, that we're not out here to take donations today. If you'd like to send a donation, you can. And I gave them the address to the P.O. box that they could send it to, yep. you know, and. That, they loved it. I mean, yeah. Well, you know, it, it's just it shows them that we're not every time they see us, we're not asking for money. We're not greedy. We're not <laughs> we're not always wanting handouts. from yeah. people. We want to be there for them. And then you have the events on the other side of it that we do. We, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we have our uh, our old department. We did a pancake feed. Yeah. And that was specifically for raising money. And we advertised it as, hey, we're raising money for this. Yes. We need donations for this. That's how we advertised it. It wasn't, it was still there to build relationship with the public through that interaction, mm -hmm. but at the same time. It was time, very it, upfront. It had a purpose. Yeah. Whereas the other ones, yeah, we weren't asking donations at all. We were just there to have fun with the kids and be there with the public. So maybe I already covered this, but what is the benefit of not asking for that donation? Well, I think we basically just covered it. it was I, I think so, but. Basically, so the overall, the benefit of not asking for, for a donation, it puts the public trust in you more that every time they see you, they're not getting a bad, and they love helping out, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't put a bad taste in their mouth of always giving you money every time they see you, you know, because up until that point, if you don't interact with the public, apart from calls or fundraisers, that's all they see you for, you know. Either they, the worst day of your life or the day they have to open their checkbook. Exactly. So, so and it, it's great because you do go help them on the worst days of their lives, but they're going to remember that their mom died that day. It's it's still gonna be great that you helped them, but they're always going to have that bad feeling of their mom dying every time they think of that. It might be great when you go and save their house from being completely burned down, but what if it still destroyed a whole bunch of stuff or some priceless keepsake that they had? You know, they're still going to have that that bad feeling and feelings trump memories of everything else. You know, so even if they loved how much you helped or whatever, even if they know you were there to help out or things like that, it's still going to put a it's still going to be in a bad light in their brains when they think about it. Because even though you were there helping them on their bad day, it was still the worst day of their lives. Yep. And again, like we said, the other time they see you then, they're giving you money. Yep. That's not what you want to be remembered for. You want to be remembered as a part of the community that helps serve the community, that helps makes the community a better place. Yes. And so when they, when they see you, they're not thinking... Oh, well, I remember when our house burned down, you know, bringing, dredging up those memories or, um, yeah, they're out in public again, better get to see what money we got or whatever. Exactly. They feel yeah. more obligated than wanting to help. Yeah. It's different. And when you go out in the public and just interact with them, have fun with them, stuff like that, when they see you, they're going to smile. Yeah. And that's what you want. Mm-hmm. All right. Next one. Using Facebook to your advantage. Yeah. So uh, we're going to go back into a lot of social media stuff here. But Facebook. So great thing for Facebook or any social media. So first of all, with Facebook, we started to use it on our previous department for keeping people out of the area that we're doing scenes at. And it it's a double-edged sword because when you put something out on Facebook like that, especially with an active scene, you will... Some people will feel that as an invitation to come out, but most people will see that as, oh, I know what's going on. I don't have to go check it out. Yeah. They're keeping me updated. Um, and so people have, I have heard that argument before that's just going to invite more people out there. 
I think it sparks the curiosity. Wow, something big's going on. We better go check it out. But in our experience, the last few times, the last few big incidents it's happened on that I've used this tool for, we've seen the opposite. We've seen more people stay away than would have. Yeah, and I think of one specifically. It was, I think, a big enough incident that if they did come out, they were far enough away. They, I mean, like, yeah, you know, they were a mile down the road on a hill or something yeah. trying to look at it, not not right driving by it, you know? Yeah, exactly. So overall for us, it, it did help, I think. So again, I, I know people have different opinions on that one, but I think it did help. Um, another way to use it to advantage is you can have higher donation rates by doing it this way. First of all, making people feel good, stuff like that. If you're always interacting with them on Facebook or every day of their lives, it's going to snowball eventually where they're going to want to help you out because they see your struggles. You don't always... And we'll get into this. You don't always post about the bad stuff, but they're going to see how hard you work. They're going to see sometimes when you have struggles or when you need something. You know, they're going to see why it's worth it to help you. And um, you can also reach a bigger audience than what you normally would by word of mouth. And you have a possibility of getting a lot higher donations. Well, and I guess what comes to mind here is like back when you were taking more pictures and recently on our department. Mm-hmm. Um Every time we'd have a practice, you'd be out there taking pictures and you make a post afterwards just explaining what we did at practices. Yeah. And the, that department, we, we practiced every Monday night during the summer. Mm-hmm. So people got used to seeing us out and about. Oh, yeah. And they got to the point where they really didn't care. They weren't, not that they didn't care, but they weren't really interested in what we were doing because yeah. we were out there every Monday night. You know? Yeah. And getting these posts out on Facebook showed them that, yeah, we are working. We're doing different things every Monday night. We're training to help you guys. <laughs> we're, we're trying our best to be prepared when you need us. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's kind of what comes to mind, at least to me. And I think that's what's helped our donation rate is being able to interact with them and show them that, hey, we are working hard for them. And then... Um, you know, like on your scenes and stuff like that, when we get word out on them and stuff like that, they they see a little bit more of what's going on. Yeah, exactly. You're able to post information without posting the information they don't need to know. Right. <laughs> That's It's a fine art to learn that. To give them just enough to subside their curiosity a little bit. But not that not as so much to get you in trouble or to have them need know more than what they need to, basically. Yeah. You find that fine line. Um, well, and there's other things like small fires that people see the trucks go through town real quick and then they don't think about it again. Exactly. Well, when you put a small little post up, hey, we just had a small grass fire. So I'm like, all of a sudden, like, people are like, oh, that's the third time they've been out this week. Right. <laughs> oh, they are kind of busy, you know? And then it just gets people's brains thinking. Yeah. The You interact with them. You're not complaining. You're not saying, oh, we could use this or... I wish we had better equipment. We could have done better on this. But you show them all the little things you do, and pretty soon they're like, oh, they're they're really busy. Or, you know, maybe I could help them out. Or It's just uh, getting their brain to think and actually recognize what you do for them. Yeah, and you, you don't need a picture with every post. I try to. I do. Um, either some sort of a graphic I found online or I make it myself or I take a picture. If you can have something, it, it definitely helps um, for many different reasons. But you don't have to have that. If you just want to put a post out, at least you're doing that. You know, even if you have a picture that's not related of something else in your station, you know, if you can't take any picture on the call, that's okay. Come take a cool picture of your truck when you get back or, or, uh, of do it. Guy, you... Of the guys washing the truck. Exactly. Oh, I love doing that. Oh my goodness. Those are like some of the best posts we ever had. 
It was just the guys washing the trucks and then explaining what we went and did, you know, um, or, you know, the, the row of your hoses all rolled up, you know, just like find cool pictures and like post those if you have yeah. no idea what else to post. And you can already take the, take a bunch of them one day, have them stocked on your phone, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then put them up, you know, when you do it each post. So those are some easy ways to do that. Yeah. So And just, just with the pictures here, I got to add this in here. Yeah. Just, just be careful what you're taking pictures of. Make yes. sure they're appropriate for the public to see mm-hmm. that you're not um, intruding on anyone's privacy, obviously. Yes. And if you need rules and guidelines for that, they're all over online and Taylor can help you out, I'm sure. Yep. So each sheet's a little bit different with their laws of things. And you just have to be very, very aware of what your state laws are. And um, what's what's right and what's not, basically, overall. Yeah. A couple basic rules I follow. You do not take pictures of anything that you cannot see from a public spectator watching the scene. That is first. <laughs> first and foremost. So if you're going inside of a house and you take a picture, you should not be sharing that. Because the public cannot see that from the outside if they were if they were outside the fire line and watching that. Yeah, if they're if they're on the street, if you can see it from the street, yep. it's kind of fair game. But. Yep, that that's number one. Second, don't post any pictures of any victims' faces. First of all, I I don't even do any any body parts. I know some people do, and technically, depending on what state you're in, it's legal. I don't do any sort of any yeah, body part and, and i don't think the public really needs to see it in my opinion but they don't but it it depends on who you work for or what you're doing right i do understand that so those are a couple of the basic rules and then the other one is if it's anything that you know that could get you or another department in trouble okay so if someone is not doing something up to standard what it should be or not wearing their gear fully i see that quite a bit with a lot of departments over the entire u.s you know, yeah, and I think we got told a story about an insurance company seeing some pictures of a department that they insured, and that department got a huge mm-hmm. problem on their hands after that. Yep. And so, if you're not using a truck correctly, or some piece of equipment, or not taking the right safety precautions, or not wearing your gear fully, stuff like that. So, anything that can get anyone in trouble, don't, if you take a picture of it, don't share it. So. Yeah, those are just, those are a couple of basic rules. There's more that goes into it, definitely. Yeah, just but. just be careful about the pictures that you do share. Yeah. So just think about them before you post them, and you know if you if you have the authority to deem it's all right, then go ahead and do that. Yeah. But just be careful on it. We don't want anyone to get in trouble. So. Yeah. All right. Mm. So moving on here. Um, How to subtly educate your your market, your citizens, the people you serve. Yes. So you don't want to go out there and say, hey, you guys don't know anything. <laughs> you yeah, don't want to do that. <laughs> that doesn't create good relationships. No, not at all. And why should they? No. Do, you, do you, Chris, do you know everything about um, yeah, everything? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're shaking your head yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know everything about everything. I know everything already. So, Chris, do you, you probably don't know the ins and outs of photography, do you? No. I know very little. <laughs> I actually don't tell you that much. I know a little, a very, very small amount. I yeah. know how to make the camera go click. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I set all the settings for you and go click. Yep. Um, but why should I expect you to know all that? Right. You've never had to do it before in your life. You know, it's not part of your everyday life. Why you have to, why should you have to worry about it? Do you know everything about how garbage disposal, disposal, disposal companies work? I can't say that word. <laughs> disposal. Yeah. You probably don't. No, I don't, I don't. Right? You have no idea. But it's part of your life. You have to take out your trash, so shouldn't you know everything about it? 
That's how people treat the fire service. They think that everyone should know everything and how to stay well, safe. That's, and that's how the fire service treats the public. That's what I meant. Yeah, so that's how the fire service treats the public of that they should know everything that we do and our problems. Well, it's like you're the garbage company telling your people, telling the citizens that they should know everything that the garbage company does. Why? It's not their job. And it's not, honestly, a big part of their lives. Well, it's kind of one of those deals, you know, as long as you get the garbage out of the curb, who cares what happens to it after that? Exactly. So it's, it's the same thing. So so when you educate people on Facebook uh, or at all, um, you want to do it very subtly. You don't want to insult them and tell them they know nothing. Yes. But you want to put that knowledge in there in the right way that they kind of... Start, take it in yeah. without knowing it exactly so every post i make i put little nuggets in there of either a little bit of fire behavior how things work or a little bit of this is how grass fires work or how we fight them or this is how our process is when we come back from a fire and what we have to do to the trucks or this is um a little bit how when we had a grain uh, elevator explosion last fall um i put in there in the posts you know just suddenly this is why this is because it was burning for several weeks afterwards right and i put into one of the posts this is why it's still burning this is how the process works so don't freak out you know mm -hmm. but like just educating them this is what happens yeah um i was trying to think of another because that one was a big the elevator was a big deal mm -hmm. but even yeah even just the the little stuff like this is how a grass fire starts or this yeah. is how quickly it can grow or yeah. This is how a house fire can start or how, how long you actually have to get out of the house or because of these reasons, you know, or things like that. I, I just you find little ways to put in this knowledge different places. Yeah. You know, this is why it's not a good idea to put out a kitchen fire with water, you know, because of this, you know, and stuff like that. And here's a better way to do it or but you don't put it straight out like that. You just put it a little bit, a little more subtly in there while you're telling them what you did. Yeah, I, I guess it's kind of like uh, when we go to a long grass fire. I, I think you had a post at one time that just explained this is why it took us so long to put a grass fire out because of the relatively high winds and low humidity and that all ties into it. You mm -hmm. know, it's you're you're just telling them why things happen. You're not saying that nobody didn't know that. You're just yeah. putting it out there. Exactly. It's like you know, high winds. Even if we're doing the best we can and chasing it and doing a really good job at knocking what we can down. The pieces of corn that's spreading and going too far ahead of us because of the high winds is spreading that fire so much faster than what we can keep up with. You know, stuff like that. Um, the fact that we can't get our trucks into certain areas, you know, and stuff hinders it all. You know, so a lot of that, like... Yeah, even just, even just kind of explaining kind of explaining situations yeah. can, can help educate people without them knowing it. Yeah, and the more you do that little by little, the more your public's actually going to learn... Yeah. Fire stuff. Sure. Yeah. And they're going to learn why you do what you do and why you need what you need. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, so you want to make sure that you're going you're what when you're doing these nuggets and stuff, you're gonna be updating your Facebook page or whatever social media very often, even after very, very small fires or just basic practices. We did a practice over storm spotting. And I took a picture of us in the in the meeting room watching the the storm spotter presentation. But I explained to the public in that post why we were doing it. The fact that since we sent our spotters out to help them, and we, I explained how that little process works, that we watch this to make sure that we are up to snuff on our, on our storm spotting and everything. 
And so just overall how it helps them and then just our process and why we do it. But it educates them on what we do. Mm-hmm. Or drafting. Like we did a we did a drafting practice and it was one of those deals like uh, we practice drafting tonight and this is the reason why. In yeah. case we have to go into this situation, this is how we get a water supply. This is how we provide the water. This is what we do. Yeah. And it was just one of those little nuggets that, you know, maybe um, our, one of the farmers out there is on Facebook and he's like, oh, I didn't know how they do that. You know, if my yeah, house exactly. caught fire, how the, would they get all the water yeah. here? Well, this is Oh, my house caught fire. Oh, I could tell them there's a lake right next to us or a little pond that they can go use. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's little things that yeah. just get that, put that information in their brain without them really recognizing that, that yes. they didn't know that mm-hmm. and not calling them out on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Be nice about it. So, so yeah, after, after you do all this, they're going to better understand what you need and why you need it. And it's just going to make it a lot easier to work with. So some do's and don'ts for for this reaching out to your this public. This one's tricky. This one, I feel like there's a lot of fine lines right here. <laughs> there are a lot of fine lines. And it, some things for your department may be a little different. But overall, I think they're going to pretty much follow these rules here. Um, but yeah, just kind of test it out and see what you guys, what works with your area. So want versus need. Do you want to explain this, this one? This, this one's a wording. Yes. The, the little word want versus need. Yeah. And I, I kind of understand this one, probably not as well as you do, but <laughs> it's all the idea, the impression that you're putting out in the public when you say we want something or not even something. Uh, let's say recruitment. If we want people, you you want them. You're still you're still a good service. You're still putting yourself in good eyes and the people that you're serving versus if you say we need people, all of a sudden people have that impression in their mind that. Um, there's nobody left or you're subpar yeah or the you know it's things are starting to go down the drain and or they already have been down the drain for a while especially when we say desperately need we're desperately in need of volunteers don't say that yeah do not Um, say that and i know a lot of i know a lot of departments that feel that way like we really need volunteers and they think that it's going to help them they really and i understand they think it's going to they think if they say that people are going to step up that's not what happens it can for a little bit but you're, you're putting that impression in their head that things are going downhill and that you are absolutely exhausted and out of resources. And that's not the case. That's not the impression that that might be the case, but that's not the impression that you want to give people. Yeah. Um, if you say we we want you or what, however you decide to phrase that, like we want more volunteers and we want you specifically, all of a sudden that person feels wanted. They don't feel like they're needed or they have to be there. They want to, you want them to be there. You want them to be part of that family or part of that community. However you want to word that, all of a sudden they feel wanted, not needed. Yeah. Another way you can name, you can word it if you don't want to use want specifically. You can ask, you can put out there, it's like, hey, do you want to be part of a department that does this? Blah, blah, blah. Join us. Yeah. You know, you can say something like that. <laughs> yeah. What do you want? Yeah, exactly. Maybe you'll find it here. Yep. It's just an impression that you're putting in people's heads when you say need. Yes. And want is very much a way I, you know, if you're picking people for a kickball team and I want you, that makes that person feel wanted, needed. That makes them feel special. Yeah. Versus I need you. Well, you just want me because I can kick a ball really far. Yeah. And your team's kind of crap. And so I need to come and be a superstar, you know, like, which is great to that person. But it also puts a really bad light on your department. Yeah. So, so, uh, next don't complain. 
on when you're reaching out to your public, when you're getting out there. Don't complain that you don't like your city or city officials. Don't complain you don't like the department next door. Don't complain you don't like your EMS or your fi- or your police officers. Don't complain about how our gear is outdated, yeah. how our air packs need updated, how our trucks are older than we are. Yeah. Don't complain about that stuff. And this isn't just online. Just don't do it in person ever with people yeah. and the You can public. complain amongst the department and inside the department doors all you want. That's fine. Don't do it on public and yeah. don't do it on social media and don't do it when you're interacting with the public. Exactly. Because that, these are yeah. the people that are literally paying for all this stuff. These are the taxpayers that you're, yeah. that you're talking to. And as soon as you start complaining, that's not going to make them open their checkbook up any further. Well, if you're complaining about one thing, who knows what, if you're not complaining about something else. Right. You know, maybe if you're talking to a council member, and sometimes you can complain to a council member. Don't get me wrong. But if you're complaining about a specific truck to a council member, maybe he was part of the board that bought that truck for you. Or they just bought a truck for you and you're complaining about your SCBAs, you know, and they're like, well, maybe we should have spent the money on that instead. Yeah. Just if you do complain, do it inside the department doors and let, in my opinion, probably the chief or whoever is assigned to work with your city council or board or whatever the the case may be, let them do the complaining. Mm -hmm. But you as a fireman, um, don't complain, especially on social media. Yeah. Everyone can see it and then word gets out and rumors get out and... Reputations yeah. are hurt. Ooh, so. Definitely. Uh, next one on this one: Don't act cocky on social media or to the public or anything. Don't make your don't don't be arrogant. No one wants that. Doesn't make anyone feel good. You look at a department that is like shows off and all cocky. You know, just it. It doesn't make anyone feel good. Oh, we're the best. No one can match up. Blah blah. And so, what? <laughs> I don't know how better to put that one, but just don't do it. It's just. It's not going to look good or sincere or anything. And it's not going to look like you're doing it for the public. So. I'd agree with that. Okay. I, I haven't, I can't say that I've necessarily um, personally interacted with that or seen that too much. So I don't, I can't tell you exactly how I feel about that, but I, I understand where you're coming from for sure. I've seen it in the great white world of the fire service plenty of times, <laughs> but I'm also out there all the time looking at stuff. So <laughs> yeah, much more often than I am. Yeah. Um, so yeah, do explain for the next one, even the easy things. So again, even if it's something super simple to you, like why you have to wash the trucks afterwards or why you have to restock things or why you have to, what's another one that's actually easy that. Why you have to practice moving a hand line. Yeah, that's a good one. Explain it. Explain why. People don't know. Well, and most of the time when people see a stretch on hand lines, it's usually a straight stretch. And so if you show them something simple, like this is, you know, we're stretching a hand line, but you're doing it around corners or something goofy that people are like, why are you doing that? It's like, well, it simulates going through a house, getting caught on corners, where are we going to put guys, stuff like that. I mean, that's quite what I meant, but. Not quite. <laughs> I mean, you can still explain. Maybe that isn't right. Like, I was trying to think of more like simple things for us, like basic fire triangle. A lot of people don't know that. We think it's basic, but people have no idea. People don't understand how to put up grease fires. It's super That's simple, true. but explain it just in case, because people might not know. People might not know you're not supposed to plug in space heaters into extension cords. A lot of things just people don't think about. Maybe they know it, but they don't think about it anymore. Yeah. Like that, you know, 
How many space heaters can you plug into an outlet? <laughs> one. You're well, supposed to. You're supposed to do one. But <laughs> you can put two. You can put a little splitter in there and get six of them on there. Yeah. I've seen all sorts of stuff. So, yeah. It's explain just, even the easy things that are easy to you because they might not be easy to everybody else. Or they just may not think about it. Yeah. I do plenty of things sometimes and some of them are pretty stupid. And you're like, why'd you do that? <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't I think know. about it. I just did it, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, just because we understand it doesn't mean they do. Yeah. You're right. Uh, when you do have problems that you want to express to your public, because maybe you do have air packs that need replaced, let's say, okay? Be careful about the problems you express to your audience, first of all. So be choosy about what you decide to, to tell them. And when you do, make sure you're keeping aware of how you handle it and how you word it. All right? You don't want to be out there saying that it's no good, blah, 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 or it's going to fall apart. You don't fall apart the next chance you can use it. Or something, or it's so outdated, NFBA doesn't consider it worthwhile anymore, stuff like that. Don't say that stuff. It's not good. It doesn't put trust in you to do your job by the public. Be careful how you word things. You're going to want to word it in more of a positive light that you're trying to better your department, not get you guys out of the dark ages, <laughs> basically. So, if, if you were to complain about air packs that our air packs are so far out of date that um it's not safe for anyone and that if someone gets hurt we're kind of screwed kind of deal how would you how would you put something like that on facebook in a positive light so basically i, w I would go and i would say hey here's the deal you know th this is what we're going for we're going for new air packs our last air packs were purchased and you can say a purchase date you know you could whatever then and things like that and that you are wanting to Keep your guys safe and better the department. I wouldn't tell them they're out of date. I wouldn't get into that detail, but I would I would push push the the safety aspect that you want to keep your people safe, not to prevent them get, from getting hurt. There's a difference. You want to keep it on the positive side, safe side, not the negative side, which is the getting hurt side, right? So could you put in there like um, that our packs are getting older? And it's getting harder to find parts for them. Is that still a positive spin on it? Like, this is why we would like to update. It's I think you could. Um, and especially, well, heck, I mean, everyone knows. Um, so MSAs, they changed a bunch of their stuff several different times, you know, for things. Whereas Scott has stayed more pretty concise with how they do things. So it's a lot easier to find parts for Scott Packs and his MSAs. I don't know if... Draggers the same way or um, other packs that are out there. But I think I don't think that'd be a bad thing because anyone who's knowledgeable in this profession knows that happens, knows that parts get outdated. And even if they're not, people understand that, heck, even truck parts get hard to find. You know, four-wheeler parts get hard to find, right, Chris? Sometimes mm -hmm. they sometimes they're outdated, even if it's only just a couple of years old, yeah. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So... So maybe that's a big part of it, right? Um, so you could. I'd, I'd be a little bit more careful about that. I'd, I'd try to stick towards other stuff if you can. If you're really getting in desperate need to get those changed, you might start putting in a couple things, but I wouldn't go too far into it. Yeah. Well, it comes back to that want versus need, what we first said, too. Yeah. When you say, hey, we want to change, uh, we want to update our air packs for these reasons. Yeah. And I would, I would, especially Instead with the air packs. stuff. need to for these reasons. Yeah. I would, especially with the air packs, I would focus a lot on the, the prevention of cancer and how prevalent yeah. that can be in the fire service and how new air packs help. 
And so, again, promote future safety versus current possible harm. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to say how old they are because, I mean, as far as relations with the public, you're letting them know, hey, we made these things last as as long as we felt we could. Yes. Like, you're not wasting their money because we just got new air packs two years ago and we want new ones now. So, actually, I don't have this on here anywhere, so I'll mention this. One thing I wanted to do with our Facebook page that I never got to do with the fire department Facebook page that the previous department we were on... Again, I was just, I had too much, I had too many ideas, too many things to do. So I had to focus in on ones I really wanted to do. But one of my ideas was to do a feature on each truck and to go over, hey, quick five minute rundown of each truck. This is what it is. This is the year, blah, 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 things like that. We did it with these guys for the podcast, but you know, Mm -hmm. do it in a simpler version for Facebook, right? Right. You're subtly educating the public of how old your trucks are, how long they've been in service, and how much they need updated without complaining about it or saying how much you need a new truck. Right. They're going to start seeing, oh, shoot, they're running on a truck that was front line for 20 or so years. They need a new truck, right? Like, yeah. they're going to start seeing that without you telling them if you start putting these little nuggets in there. Yeah, you're going to slowly, like you said, you're slowly, subtly educating them. Yeah. And so when it comes down to it, you know, yeah, like you said, you you don't want to complain about it like you're wasting their money. But at the same time, if you can tell them how old something is and that you got your money's worth out of it, yeah. that'll help. I think overall it's better to do on the long run, though, in your post rather than in your wanting a new one. I think you should have already done that prep work yeah. in the post before. So, yeah, again, with a new truck, if you need a new truck, go out there and be like, hey... You know, just like, this is kind of what we're looking for. This is why it'd be better for the community. This is why it'd be better for our firefighters. Show this them is, the benefits. Show, show them the benefits rather than the disadvantages of your current truck. Don't say that. You yeah. don't want to show them the crap. You want to show them the good, shiny future. Yeah. So. Show them the benefits of it. And how's it going to make things better? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, again, this kind of touches on something we did before. Know what photos you can and can't slash should and shouldn't share. All right. Again, go over those basic rules. Um, if you have questions, reach out. Know your state laws, stuff like that. Yep. Just be very careful with what you put out there because it it can get used against you if if it gets to the right person or something. Yeah. So we don't want to scare anyone off, but we don't yeah. want to see anyone get hurt from it either. So. Oh yeah. I mean, I ran a Facebook page for years and years and years, and I still do with my personal page too. But like, I ran a department page for years and years and years, put tons of pictures up, and we were just fine. Yep. You just got to know how, you just got to know the rules. Yep, that's right. And play along. Um, and if you don't know what to say, still say something. Exactly. You'd be amazed how much you can say on Facebook without saying anything. Yes. So I'm going to use the the example of the grain elevator explosion we had last fall. Since we have talked about them in these podcasts, podcasts before. I couldn't say a lot. One of, the, one of the first few posts I did, I couldn't almost say anything. So the stuff that I could say was we were on scene at such and such place and everyone knew where it was like you know and this was so i said it in there and to stay away from these streets because we were transporting water it'd probably be a while and this is how long we had already been on scene but it'd be a while before we were done probably stay out of the area and we were asking other departments to come help with water so whatever so be aware we were kind of confirming rumors Yes, exactly. We weren't giving any new information or any vital information, but we were just kind of confirming, yes, there is a call, Mm -hmm. and we are here. 
and this is what's going on, so... Yeah, I could, we could tell them we were there at this place, but I couldn't tell them any specifics of where the fire was, of how it started, of anything. What actually we were doing tactical-wise, I didn't go into any of that because I didn't know what I could and couldn't. And it was such a chaotic scene because it is also, it, it was such a weird call. Yeah. Okay? And everyone who was there, including all the fire marshals, will confirm that it was such a weird call. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't say anything. It was too confusing or hard to get in contact with someone who could tell me, who could verify what I could and couldn't say. And it was such a weird call, so even our officers really weren't available to you because we were trying yeah. to figure out honestly at this point it was we never had a fire like this i'm, I'm trying to i know i'm trying to justify it, but we never had a fire like this and all our officers were busy trying to figure out what we needed to do next and what was the safest way to approach it so they really weren't available for yeah. you to for you or any of us really to go up and say hey what can i tell these guys well and to them it to them and i understand and i completely agree the tactics was more important than the public relations side of things yeah at, at the time for them I, I agree i agree but from my perspective i needed to tell the public something yes because to me that that is just as or it is very important in the same thing which is a lot of departments will have pios which are public information officers well who will do kind of the same thing Mm -hmm. talk with the public and so it's a separate officer who's going to be handling it versus the operation side right yeah um another i'm gonna say there's another fire where um uh somebody who was from a news station came up to one of our members and he didn't know what to say to this news person and i don't i don't know if he actually ever actually ended up saying anything i think eventually he referred them to me later for this but if you are that person on the scene who is in charge or whatever, and you don't know what to say, say something. If a paper asks you for a comment, don't give no comment, give vague. Yeah. Or give, hey, we've been working very hard. Like yeah. you can give an overall thing of how we, you've been working very hard or how long you've been on scene because that's public information of how long you've been on scene. Give them the basics of stuff that you know you can give them. Yeah, just don't just give them nothing because that's the, not good. The general information and like you did before, you know, just kind of confirm the rumors. Don't give them any more information than what you need, but just kind of confirm the rumors. Tell them, yes, this is kind of what's going on. And yeah, we're, we're working our best to resolve it. Exactly. We have, you know, our departments here and we have two other mutual aid departments here helping us. And we'll relay more information to you as it becomes available to us yeah because like on that explosion call that grand explosion call i never said in the first i, I think i might have said in the second or third one but it's after i'd already bit, had a chance to confirm with other people what i could a little bit more of what i could yeah. say but i never said that there was a grand explosion right yeah i never said exactly what the call was that we were out there for because i didn't know what i could and couldn't say so yeah it was just exactly what i said before i gave super vague information and that's okay that's, yep. that's all the public needs. Yeah, I, I think along with that, and just to wrap this up, just don't lie. Yeah, do not lie. Oh, my goodness. That's, don't, that's a don't big one. Don't make something into a, a bigger situation than what it is, because especially in a small town like where we live. Or into a lighter situation than what it is. Yeah, in a small town where we live, people are going to find out usually really quickly, and you're going to get called on it very quickly. Yeah. And... You don't want to over-exaggerate a situation. You don't want to under-exaggerate a situation. Mm -hmm. Just don't lie. Be honest with them. And if you can't tell them much, 
you just gotta say, hey, I can't say much about it right now. This is what I can tell you. That's it. Yeah, we're very we're working very hard on it, and we're gonna try to do what we can and as quickly and efficiently as possible. Yep. Basically, you know, and most and most news people kind of realize yeah. that. You know, if you say, hey, this is what I can tell you, most likely they're gonna be fine with yeah. that. So exactly. Okay. Next. So next, interacting with your city council or rule board. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so yeah, people this... hate this one. Okay, so... Uh... <laughs> so so on this one, one of the most important parts of this is you need to be present with the city council or rule board, all right? You can't just come into them once a year when you want something or at budget meeting or whatever. That's not going to work to make a good relationship. You need to make sure you're going to the meetings regularly. And it doesn't mean you have to talk at all of these meetings. It just means you need to attend and be present. They need to be able to see you. That they're gonna it's kind of the same thing we were talking about before, just with the public in general. They see you every day interacting with them, not just on their worst days. Right, yeah. With with the with the city council or a rule board, you're creating a presence. Yes. And if they have questions, answer their questions. Let them know that you are there for them. Yep. Don't and, always go to, to complain or talk or whatever. Right, yeah. If you just show up there because you want something, then when you show up to the meeting, they're going to just assume you want something. They're not going to enjoy your presence. Exactly. Um, this is something that is that is very important because so many departments complain about what they have for equipment and that nothing's getting updated and things like this. And things that we have found out over the years is... A lot of times people don't know that you need that equipment. Oh, yeah. Or they don't realize how old your equipment that you are using is getting. Mm-hmm. Or that, you know, you've had to put so much money into this specific truck to keep it going this year. Most people outside the department honestly don't know that. They don't know and honestly kind of don't care. Yeah, the, the department... It's not their problem. They expect the department to be able to, to, to take care of It's kind of like it. the trash on the curb. Once it hits the curb, it leaves. Nobody cares. Yeah. As far as the city council's concerned, if you're never there, if you're not there, you don't have a problem. They're not going to think about you. Yeah. Where if you're always there, eh, they're going to think about you a little more often, but they're also not going to recognize you right away as you got a problem. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you really want to create that presence with that rule board or with that city council and let them know what's going on, whether good or bad. Um, Hopefully, you know, definitely show, show the good things, you know let them know what's going on in the department. Yeah. So this is kind of moves into our next point a little bit. So invite them to for a tour of the station one to two times a year. And again, this is not a tour to complain and show how outdated your stuff is or what you need to replace. No. This is a tour for them to ask questions, for you to show them around all the trucks, show them what their money has bought, show them what they're keeping up with, show them what they're entrusting the heads of the department to do, right? Um, so just... Show it's, kind of, it's kind of the same thing with the donations. You want to be out in the public not accepting donations. You want to be building a relationship. Yeah, and that, that's what this is. Again, it's it's not a time to complain to them. I wouldn't bring up anything at all. I would wait for a different time to bring up any anything you need replaced. This is a time just to show them and ask, have them ask questions if they have any mm-hmm. about what you're doing. And go ahead and stick in those nuggets of great things that you guys did and, like, you know, like how – Either donations are up or how um, memberships up or the, what you've done in the public or good fires or, you did. Yeah, like in our case, uh, that grain elevator explosion. Yeah. It was the first fire that the new 
engine went to. Yeah. And it literally pumped for 24 hours. Yeah, that's a great thing for them to know. It's a cool little this, fact. This is what this is what your money bought. Yeah. This is what it's done for us already. Yeah, it ran for 24 We're, hours straight. <laughs> and you could even add in there, you know, if we if we hadn't done this, this would have been the truck to do it, and I don't think it would have handled it. So this yeah. was a very good decision. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, basically. And then this kind of moves into the next one, too. Invite them to a practice or training or whatever you guys do with your, whatever you want to call it, with your department. Show off to them. Yeah. And not just the same thing you invite other family members to, because we have one of those we like we like to do when we were on this other department, you know. Um, but invite them to a different practice where it's just the council members or real board in there with your department members. Have the department members be accustomed to extra people in, first of all. <laughs> yeah. But um, invite them in there. Let them see the real training. What you guys yeah. actually do. Show them, show them what you do for the community. Yeah. Show them what you do for them. Again, don't complain at all during this practice to them. Don't ask for new things or anything. This is not a time for that. Yeah, and if you have a problem while they're there, deal with it. Yeah. And maybe they'll take note of it and be like, oh, hey, how old is that thing? And then someone will say, well, it's this old. And then maybe that'll get the gears turning, you know? But don't... Don't complain about it. Just, you know, if they if they ask questions, answer them. But don't... Yes. Don't, don't set up for a, for something to happen on purpose. Right, yeah. <laughs> you if don't, they ask yeah. questions, answer them. But, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You could have a, a nozzle break on you or something like that. And maybe one of them goes, well, how old are those? Maybe we should get you some new ones. Yeah. So basically, yeah, just make sure you're answering their questions and don't ask them any of yours during this time. And again, like we said before, with just the general public, this opens the door to them not hearing from you just when you need something, and it will create a better working relationship with them. That is something that is this this section right here, just interacting with the city council rule board, is something that I think a huge amount of volunteer departments lack. Yes. And it's usually there isn't there isn't someone set up to to officially do it? To do that, to be in that position. There is yeah. a position set up for that where they can be the liaison between the fire department and that board. Yeah, and there's so much put on the chief already. He's got a big job. I mean, he or she, whatever. Um, but it, And it yeah. depends on how, how your department's set up because you can do it as a liaison. A lot of times the, the chief is in there. And it can be, uh, honestly, anyone that that department trusts to talk to those people, to. Um, relay those concerns in an appropriate way, in a good way. Mm -hmm. I would definitely um, pick a people person. Yeah, for someone this that, someone kind of spot. Working with people. I yeah. mean, um, very understanding, very calm. Doesn't have but, to be a top ranking officer. It can be just a low level firefighter as long as they're knowledgeable and can can calmly talk and and yeah convey the needs. Yeah. So, but I think that is a huge thing that is missing a lot of departments, especially a lot of departments that I hear complaining about things mm -hmm. because you ask them, well, what have you done to solve it? And they're like, well, what do you mean? Our council won't give us anything. Well, have you talked to them? Well, no, they should know that. Well, no, you need to have that relationship. Yeah. Or maybe they do know that, but there's no relationship there, so they don't care. Yeah. If you build a relationship, it goes with anybody. Your friends are going to be a lot more willing to help you than the stranger on the side of the road. Exactly. I just think it's a huge part from hearing other departments talk and stuff like that. I think it's a huge part <laughs> in what's missing. Do you Car do you want to help out your sibling who like you have a lot of fun with, you do a lot of activities with, whatever stuff like that? You're gonna you're gonna want to help out that person, but not necessarily your deadbeat brother from across the, across town who only comes to you when he's out of money and needs needs help and you know exactly. that's it. That's, <laughs> that's a great yeah. Um, and one great example of this, and I'm. 
my name drop here. Carney has a great example oh, yeah. of this. Carney is a huge volunteer department. Um, they do have, I think, four or five paid officers that man their stations on shifts, but everybody else is completely volunteer. And they've worked on it for so long and have such a good relationship with the city council there that honestly, anytime you talk to them, uh, one of the guys up there, he'll tell you, if we need something, the city will get it for us. Mm -hmm. The relationship there is and the open communication is there. And it's just, it's a huge part of what I hear a lot of people complaining <laughs> about. I can't stress it out enough. And they have an awesome relationship with the people they serve too. They yes. are constantly out doing things in the community. Mm -hmm. so. um, the last one, of the last sections we're going to touch on here is working with other agencies, businesses, whatever in your area. So for our old department, we worked a lot with the Chamber of Commerce. We worked uh, quite a bit with the Elks Lodge, with the hospital in town. Um, you could do a lot with the school system. If there's a certain business in town or whatever that you align with really well, work with them. Um, so find events to go to. So like if the Chamber of Commerce was having different events, uh, they had a music series that they had vendors at during the summer. Yep. So I set up a booth <laughs> with the fire department. We took some trucks down and we did stuff with the kids, you know? So we went to stuff like that, you know? It wasn't always the same thing every time. We kind of switched it up a little here and there. But, like, we tried to make sure that we were part of it. They had a, a Halloween um, trick-or-treat type of thing downtown one year that we participated in specifically and uh we helped give out treats and candy and stuff to the kids at it you know along with all right. the other businesses there that were doing the same thing and if you know if you want to be out there you know maybe you are collecting donations or maybe you're just out there for the fun of it um yeah find that co-sponsor and yeah if you can find someone that's related to what you're trying to push like the hospital they are really good to us if we decide to do um well we did fill the truck last summer so yeah, so we did yeah. fill the truck um this was actually the chamber manager's idea in town i love it she's amazing when she comes up with these ideas it's great she's like well why don't you do fill the truck i'm like what and so like we we decided to do it to do water and gatorade and stuff for us right well we ended up taking cash donations too because we just decided to open that up first of all so many donations it was great we were working with two different groups. It was the fire department. It was it was all benefiting the fire department and the rescue squad. So, yeah, we split it with the EMS. And then we actually uh, worked with the Chamber of Commerce in town to help kind of promote it. And she kind of set a lot of it up overall. And then the hospital, then we served a meal at this, a free will donation meal with all the money going back to the fire department and rescue squad. And so the hospital actually has this program that they do anyways. Um, but they were willing to work with us and they would grill and serve and provide all the food, everything for this. And all the proceeds would go to us. It worked really well. So what well, filled it? Not only that, but we, the grocery, the local grocery store. Yes. Let us do it in their parking lot. Exactly. Well. Yeah. Thank you. I almost forgot about that. Yeah. Thank you. The local grocery store let us do it in their parking lot. And on top of that, so we were asking for water and Gatorade, right? The grocery store put a discount on their water and Gatorade for us that day to convince people to go inside, buy the water and Gatorade at a discounted price, and give it to us outside. It was amazing. So we had, what, four? Let's see, grocery store, chamber, fire department, and the hospital. And rescue four, squad. So five. Five people all involved in this one. To, and, and ultimately, it, it 
all came back to the fire department and the rescue squad, but it was all co-sponsored. Yeah. And it was a great event. It was an amazing event. Um, so yeah, so this event was the it was the meal that you could uh, donate to, and all the money would go back to us, and then we could we did take regular cash donations, and then water and Gatorade to help quote unquote fill our trucks, and we ended up with, I can't even remember how much water. It's, uh, I had it written lot. up at one point, and it was a lot. Um, no. it, it was so much. We had our basement filled up forever with. I'm sure there's still water. There's, down yeah. There. It was awesome. It was so great, but it's something that we could do. And then after that, since the public heard about that, we could say, hey, we need some more water, and we could set up a quick tent in front of the station after that. I think people just dropped off water they did. by the doors they, if we were out on a They fire. started realizing that we wanted water and Gatorade and stuff, and they would start donating that to us instead of, and I, like we said before, I love food. I will not knock donations on food, but food goes bad. Water and Gatorade stays good a lot longer. And people yeah. realized how much water we go through. Because yeah. in those... we'd, we'd go to a grass fire, and when we were washing trucks, somebody would stop by with a couple cases of water. Here you go. Exactly. It was great. Um, so there's that. Uh, the Touch-A-Truck touch we sponsored with the Elks Lodge. And actually, the first year, we did it also with the Chamber. was involved the first year with that. The Chamber of Commerce in town is really good to the community, by the way, first of all. Anyways, <laughs> They put a lot of work into that. But, yeah, we, we did stuff with the Elks Lodge, putting that together every year. Um, I don't know if we ever did it, but another thing, if you wanted to do, if you wanted to push smoke detectors, uh, I'm sure we could probably partner with our local ACE. Okay, so and, the, if we didn't do it. I wanted to. I never got around to it. Again, one of the many things, too many ideas in my head. But another local department did that, where they actually set up inside of their local ACE hardware, right? And... I, I'm not sure if Ace donated or if the department paid. It doesn't really matter what happened. They set up inside the store and they gave free smoke detectors, a free one to every first 40 people or whatever that came in, right? Yeah. And then they had discounts on the rest of them. Nice. Like, well, I, well, I was thinking is like even if you set up in there or outside or whatever, and if you buy a smoke detector today, we'll send a firefighter home to put it in for you. Yeah, that's great. It's just it's something simple that you can help kind of help another business in town. You can help yourselves. You can help your relationship with your, your, your customers. Yeah. Yeah. There's just, there's so many things you can do out there to help that relationship. And like you're kind of pointing out here, you know, the co-sponsorship, like if we do it with the chamber, a lot of times she sets a lot of that up. Yeah, she it does. it takes so much of the weight of doing this off our shoulders. Exactly. It just, it spreads everything out. Yeah. So and it's good for everybody with the good PR and everything. So Yeah. And if you want to do something such as smoke detectors, it doesn't put the financial burden on the department. So if your department you feel like is already broke and can't afford that, if you can find someone to co-sponsor, a lot of times you can make that financial side of it much less. Yeah, and even if the business can't donate, again, let's say Ace, for some reason, your local Ace can't donate. doesn't mean that they can't make a special where if someone buys it, a firefighter could, you know, they could still go put it in during certain hours or whatever, like, thing, you you know. You can still promote it and the business can still promote it and the fire department just goes and does it they yeah. might buy the smoke detector at a regular cost but if if your department wants to push getting smoke detectors into people's homes yeah it's a good way to do it yeah exactly all right and um lastly on this one uh when we work with our chamber of commerce they have a big facebook presence as well but when you when you're open up to working with other groups um it gets them to share your posts on Facebook and stuff like that, even when you're not working with them. It, get, it helps your reach, reach so many more people, and people see things more and more. So they might not see your 
post for a fundraiser just once, but maybe six times. Or maybe they don't follow your fire department page. Yeah, exactly. But they follow the Elks page. Yes. And so. I know our Chamber of Commerce is really good. Like I said, they're way too good to us. They're way too good to the entire town. But they'll put our fundraising stuff in their newsletter to their members every every month. Yep. So um, find some place in your area that does something like that. Absolutely. Well, we're getting a little bit long here. So should we wrap this up? A little bit long? <laughs> a little bit long. So. I think I, w- I want to wrap this up here by bragging Taylor up here, not to give her a big head or anything, but uh, our last department that we were on, there was no Facebook page. Well, there. Facebook was so new to to departments, stuff like that, to organizations like that. Yeah, what, eight years ago? Nine years ago? <sighs> Something like that. It, it was yeah. probably seven or eight years ago because it was right after I joined. Or, yeah. like, it was probably like a year after I joined or something like that, yeah. two years yeah. Because I created a private page for the department itself to kind of talk amongst us and whatever, you know, mm-hmm. just an easier way to get information to people. And then it was, I don't even know if it was a week after that you created the public page Something for like our that. fire department. It was right around the same time. And the benefits from having that, and we've seen a lot more departments have a facebook page oh, now. a lot like, tons when i when i first started it i maybe saw a total of four or five in nebraska that i could find yeah now almost everyone has one so what i don't I think guess, it was it why, wasn't me i don't think it was me i don't think it was our page that did it why but. why did you start the page though like what just to reach out to people or yeah um because i knew that's where i was spending my time so if that's where i was spending my time i bet a lot of other people were spending their time there too and I'm not the type of person to go read the, the paper word for word every week. So I wanted to make sure, and I and I saw there was a need for our department to talk to the public and get word out there for stuff. And a lot of it was because I was in a new town and kind of secluded in my own house doing my own job, you know. I don't get out. So if I'm not getting out, if I'm not listening to the radio, if I'm not going all you know to the stores every single day to see the posters that are put up for the new fundraiser or whatever if i'm not reading the paper how am i gonna know of anything happening with the fire department or of any other so there's there's a lack of communication between the department and the community yeah not not just our department other organizations in town too but like yeah i just i just saw like a huge hole missing because if i couldn't get the information how many other people are like me you know, yeah, no, that's that's a great way of looking at it because too many people think, well, I don't do it, but everyone else probably does. Yeah. Well, if you don't do it, then there's how more many other people out there? There's more people out there yeah. that do it. So uh, it's kind of like this podcast. We talk about things because we see it. So obviously, there's other departments out there that see it too. Yeah. Um, so you started the Facebook page, and for what, probably the first three or four years, you really didn't see a whole lot of. Inter- interactions probably or... the first probably the first two years the ne- next couple of years after that i did not not a lot but i did but the first two years were pretty painful <laughs> it was Ooh. a lot of just trying to figure out what to post how do i post you know what's too much what's not enough how do, i didn't i knew a lot of stuff about business but at the same time i didn't have it refined right at that and time yeah you're still learning a lot from your business yeah too. so that was at the same time i was trying to start my business and all the stuff and getting you know so i was like oh man so um, that was a lot of that, of just trying to figure things out. Um, once I found my groove after a year or two, 
Then I, I started seeing more traction with it, with it when I finally got on a more basic schedule of how often I was posting, what type of stuff I was posting, what stuff went over well with the public and what stuff didn't. Yeah. And then I'd refine every post later to kind of like take what I learned and then like, okay, well, this post didn't really work. So I might try it another couple times later just to see if maybe it was a fluke or maybe a different time of year or maybe the right people didn't see it. There are flukes. And sometimes a post doesn't hit with people just because it doesn't for some reason. It happens. Um, it sucks, but it happens. It can be the best post ever and people won't react to it at all. It's like, what? <laughs> But it happens, and you'll, it's you know... It's a timing issue. It's a, it's a lot of a timing issue, and maybe the way you word it wasn't perfect, or, you know, just, it's a lot of funny things. Um, and then the stuff you don't expect to be big ends up being really big. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, but you learn all that, and you you slowly input it into what you're doing. And so, yeah, the next few years were... A little, I saw a lot more traction with it. And then the last two years were insane. Yeah. Insane. Um... <laughs> But at that point, I got on a good groove. So I had a calendar that I kept track of. And I actually went on to, like, the different days. So, like, International Blank Day or National Blank Day or whatever, right? I found a bunch of those. <laughs> and I found a bunch of those that I thought lined with the fire department, right? With what the message we were trying to give of whatever. Um, so one of it was, like, National Sunglasses Day. I thought that'd be really fun, right? Well, no, one uh, National Hydration Day. Another one was well, obviously like Mother's Day and stuff like that. Like there's different ways to write these posts. And uh, Spouses Day. On Spouses Day, I always thanked the spouses of the firefighters, you know. But I set up these posts and I actually created them six months at a time. So I'd create everything from January through June 30th before the end of December the previous year. I'd have all the, not necessarily all of my wording necessarily perfect or anything for all these but all any graphics i want to use any pictures anything anything i had most of that figured out and i tried to get my actual wording done and i scheduled those on facebook because you can schedule them six months out so that was set and i tried to have at least one post like that that was pre-scheduled once a week and that's where it really started taking off that's where it really started taking off because i was consistent and Facebook rewards those that are consistent. And people, even though they don't know it, people will reward organizations or posts or pages that are consistent. They want to come back and see what they're up to. They want to keep hearing from them, right? So, and then again, I do the same thing from July through December. Before July hit, I would do all those from that and I'd schedule those out. And then as the weeks went by, if I had something I wanted to share, I shared it. If I had something after practice or something, I would write it up. And that would add to my engagement every week. So I would have between two to three posts a week going up. It was easy at that point. So. Just a lot of wording issues. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it takes a while to, to write a good post, but. Um, yeah. Um, so going back to the beginning, say someone wants to start their Facebook page or is taking it over. Mm-hmm. For our old department, and not in a bad way, it's just we didn't think about it like you did. No, a lot of people don't. So there there really wasn't, for a lack of better words here, there really wasn't the push behind you to, to do it from the department. Yeah. It was definitely my own solo push. And then, okay, six, seven years later, when we left our department, did you have a push on the Facebook side or was it still kind of overlooked? Like, what do you mean? 
it still it still really wasn't getting pushed, even though the benefits were out there. Yes, because I think it's hard to attribute the benefits to the Facebook page specifically. Um, it's really hard to explain to people how it helps and to prove that's what did it. Yeah. And I don't think I, I'm not trying to sound cocky, right? Like I, I don't think it was all the Facebook page. I think a lot of it was other work we put in as a department. We put a lot of work in. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot, I think there is a good portion of it that was from that Facebook page. Not even necessarily with how I was doing it, but the word was getting out there, right? People were seeing it. Um, they could finally see the work that we were doing. So it was just that clear communication to them. I wasn't, I never lied to, you know, anybody that said we were doing stuff we weren't and stuff like that, you know? It's not like I was the thing that changed everything. It was, I was finally the one to open the door to let the public see in. Right. How about that? Yeah, you you were the one to start developing that relationship with the public. Yes. Again, the department didn't change what it was doing. It was it was still great before Facebook came along. But the public didn't quite understand or see it why. But they could finally see it why after see why like after I Again, it, it doesn't mean to sound cocky, it doesn't mean to put well, everything you, on me, you gotta but you got to understand that that everyone's moved to social media too. Yeah. And our department had not moved to social media. Yeah. And I still think a lot, they still haven't. But the type of people that are on our fire, fire department, and a lot of people who are in that kind of worker mode, like you, even Chris, you're that younger generation ish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're not on social media a lot. I'm not. And, and for our department, that's not the type of people it attracts, which is okay. It's great because, you know, they're, they're more of the hardworking, not saying other people can't be hardworking, but it's a different mindset. Mm hmm. Right? So they don't think about it. So right. I, I think they need... Well, I, yeah. I think, like I said, if someone's new taking over or starting their own, don't let that lack of encouragement or push mm-hmm. from a department discourage you. Yep. Because, yeah, I still didn't get that you, even, push at the end, even. Even at but. the end, people really weren't like, oh, this is the be-all, end-all kind of solution. I think, in, in my opinion here... One of the biggest things that we seen was not only with the the grain bin fire, obviously, um, and how I don't even remember how many thousands of people that those posts were reaching because that was that was a big deal and we reached a lot of people with a that. A lot of people. Um, um, but we also <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, it was like, a lot. Uh, tens of thousands of people. Yeah. Like yeah. Like it, it reached everyone. It was crazy. Um, but then we had oh I don't know what. Six months later, we had our feed, our little barbecue feed. No, it was actually before that, before the green bin. It was before. Mm-hmm. Fire prevention week. Oh, okay. Well, so before um, the green bin fires, we had our barbecue feed, and and it was after the fill the truck thing. It was after so, we fill the truck. By about three or four months. But at this at this point in the game, we'd started getting out in the community. You kind of convinced us to get out in the community and talk with people and be with people without expecting donations. Yep, and this was a this was a couple years after we I started doing that, or like yeah. probably like two and a half years after I started doing that push of not taking donations and just being out in the public and like you know. Yeah, we so we were out in the public. We weren't uh, necessarily accepting donations. Mm-hmm. We were out there for free um we started interacting with the kids more and the families more um the relationship was starting to build on facebook with different families in town things like that just all these things were kind of starting to lap we're starting to work with different people in town different groups in town 
co-sponsoring and co-sponsoring. doing things. Just that relationship was really starting to build with the community. And then we had our barbecue feed, mm-hmm. which some of it might have had to do with the the whole COVID situation because I think we had to cancel our pancake the yeah, year so, before. So the, the department was thinking about completely canceling everything and not doing anything. And I brought up the idea, well, because I remember another department about 150 miles away, had, they did a drive through feed of something. I'm like, dude, that looks awesome. We should totally do that. So I brought it up in one of our meetings. Like, let's not cancel it completely. Let's think about doing drive through They loved the idea, first of all. (laughs) We didn't have to cancel our fundraiser because we needed it, right, for things. Departments, volunteer departments do. And so, yeah, I wonder if it was changing it to more of a barbecue to make it easier for that type of thing. If it was drive-through, if it was part of COVID, and if it was part of the Facebook deal. I think it was kind of a lot of different things, but I was able to market the crap out of that on Facebook. and, And we actually seen our donations double in that. Yeah. That fundraiser or that feed. Yeah. Which was awesome. And I, I I personally think it had a lot to do with with Facebook and just reaching out and having that relationship with the community mm-hmm. and just being more involved with them and letting them see us. I, I really do. The other thing that we also did, and we really didn't touch on it in here, but we started inviting families. We had some different firefighting family events that we did. Yeah. I think that was last year. It was, might have been two years ago. We did both. So, um, and I think a lot of the public kind of seen us re- interacting with those families too. Yeah. So even though it was our own families, I think the public still kind of seen that and it helped out a lot. So, um, it's come a long ways and my vision of it is different than everyone else in the department because I don't really help you with it, but I get to see it a lot mm-hmm. more. I think the benefits are just tremendous. Yeah. I really do. And just having that open relationship and letting people know what you're doing. Have anything to add to that or not really? I think we've talked any, the subject. Any, <laughs> any encouragement to the newers? Um, if you're going to, if you're going to do it, don't do too much. So like, don't do, don't do every social media and everything at the same time. You're going to burn yourself out. Um, stick to one thing, do it well. It takes, it takes work. It does. I'm not going to be light on that. And it takes time to see the, to see the, the pros of it coming through and the yeah. rewards of it. Um, but make sure when you do it, have someone who wants to do it. All right. Um, that's going to make a huge difference. Yeah. So if you're going to do Facebook, have someone that knows Facebook and loves Facebook. Or is willing to learn, but want, yeah. wants to do wants it. Wants to do it. And if you do want to do multiple platforms, find, I, find someone else to run that other platform yep. <laughs> that wants to do it and knows it. <laughs> exactly. What I would do if you're thinking that you would ever move to different platforms is, um, first of all, number one in marketing you pick this. You guys are gonna see it with our couplings fire podcast. Pick the same name that you can have on everything. You're right. You want your email if you can, um, your email, your website, your Facebook, your Twitter, your Instagram, Snap, whatever. You want it to be as close, if not the exact same, as possible on everything you do. Um, it's going to make everything easier to find you. Now there are exceptions, and it happens, and you understand. But as close as you can to being the same thing, just to make it easier overall. And then, uh, yeah, I would start with one thing and do it well or start it up for a couple for a year or six months or whatever. Get a good footing on it before you move on to adding another, even if somebody else is going to do it. Figure out your voice first of what you want your department to to be. And find the cores for your department, what yes. your department really wants to wants to be. Exactly. I guess the biggest thing I have to add just watching you go through it. And the only reason I don't help her with it is because I just I'm not in touch with social media. <laughs> 
You I, help you help me you you proofread things before it gets sent out there, and you help me make sure what you're saying is right. Yeah, that too. <laughs> but like sometimes if I am at a blank, you're gonna help me figure out what to say sometimes. Yeah, but I mean, I I would gladly help you with it, but I just I don't have the touch for social media. I don't know how to word things the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't understand how it all works. So I understand like the social networking side of it and stuff like that. But like just, oh it's, yeah, it's kind of beyond me. Also, so. you, you can't post and ghost. <laughs> you can't post something on Facebook and then not interact with people. That's, you're not going to be able to grow your Facebook page. Yeah. You, you have to post and then stay active. If people message you, if people comment, you're going to have to either like or comment on their stuff or whatever. You can't post and ghost. Yep. So. <laughs> Um, which, which that's where it yeah. gets way beyond me. So <laughs> anyway, uh, the benefits will not happen right away. That's I guess that's what I was trying to get at. Yeah. Was, uh, if you are doing this for the for the first time. Don't or, get discouraged and don't yeah. let your department get you discouraged yeah. if it's not working. Um, I mean, if they shut you down, they shut you down. But if no one's shutting you down, just keep plugging away at it. Keep uh, keep that discipline going and learn business marketing. There are tons of free resources out there. YouTube's great creativelive.com is great. If you start learning the stuff, um, apply it. Apply marketing to it. There are plenty of, uh, not plenty, there are a few different firefighters out there who are doing uh, classes and stuff a little bit about this. I hope to talk about it a little bit more in depth on our podcast once in a while. So we'll see. If you guys got questions, reach out. I am more than, obviously, as long as this podcast is, (laughs) I am more than willing to talk about this for as long as you want. (laughs) absolutely i i won't talk so much about it but i'll listen so um i think we beat this one with the dead horse so with that i think we're gonna say good night and hope you guys had a good day good time listening to us it's a long one but it's a good one (laughs) all right see you later thanks guys Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to leave us a rating and review wherever you're listening to us. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Couplings Fire Podcast. See you next time.